What's cracking, lovely people? It's the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. We're into all things fueling for the work required. Got two fantastic guests on the show, cheeky little roundtable. We've got Warren and Erica from 33 Shake. And at the moment, we're actually neighbours as well, which was really, really cool. So they managed to pop over, really tough commute. Um, so uh, they've managed to make it, or what, two minutes, guys, over the road? Yes. Yeah. Only two minutes. Just a couple of hundred meters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we so it's the local local podcasting. <laughs> but no, it's really good. Like, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having us. Good to be here and uh, nice to be sat in your kitchen as opposed to doing podcasts via Skype or phone. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So obviously, I'll put a lot of everything we talk about in the show notes and links um, to to your website and your products and things. But I think it's just um, yeah, the floor is yours to introduce yourselves to the listeners and and just talk to everyone about what you do and uh it's kind of um i don't want to say like endurance uh focused but it's um yeah yeah obviously you guys are, have got a big kind of um experience and, and and interest in that side of things yeah i mean the um the short version is 33 shake is a sports nutrition company that we founded in 2012 um, but probably I think what's a bit more interesting to people from the point of view of this podcast is why we founded it. Because we were running ultramarathons, doing a lot of triathlon, and um, we were getting a lot of nutrition advice. We were using a lot of the products that were out there and we're having a lot of problems, stomach issues, you know, you need reliable energy for endurance sports, very hard to get that stable energy burn that you need. Um, and not feeling great, not enjoying using the products. And, and each time we'd go back to the source, and at that time, for example, I was a journalist as a career. I was working for Men's Health, uh, Runner's World, Men's Fitness, people like that. So I had no shortage of nutritional experts, and every nutrition company and their dog would line up to send me an expert and a box of product, which is nice. I kept having the same problems. And each time I asked, well, you know, I still feel sick or I've still got stomach trouble or I haven't got this energy level that I need or, or whatever. They just come back with pretty much the same answers. Eat more, train your body, etc., etc. Anyone who's been looking will find that information. And the more both Erica and I looked at it, the more it didn't make sense. Because what's in these products is the same stuff you find in processed food, junk food. Mm. And you're like, well, it's not, that ingredient's not good for you in your day-to-day life. Why is it in the product I'm racing with? Mm. Um, that then starts our own journey into trying to find, first of all, can we find products that don't have these ingredients that maybe have better ingredients in them that are a bit more natural, mm. uh, can find them. So we started messing around and making our own. And that journey let us create things that transformed what we could do. I mean, stratospherically in some cases, among other things, uh, I lost a, a lifelong case of asthma. Mm. due to switching up sports nutrition, changing dietary products, using more superfoods, a few other things. Mm. But more than that, enjoyment of the sport. Enjoyment, going further, going faster, feeling better. And we thought, well, I wonder if anyone else would like to buy these. Because mm. we had friends who were using them and then their friends wanted some and we didn't have enough. So we started selling it online and that, that was where the business started. And it really has ever since then been a mission to provide a truly viable, better alternative, both in terms of knowledge and understanding of nutrition and, and you know, with the results you can get, the results, what's normal, what's not normal, and, and products that support that, you know, and we'd love if people can find their own nutritional sweet spot through what they learn from, you know, mm. podcasts like this and, and a lot of good information that's out there now. 
Um, and if they find that our products play into that even better for them, then that's that's great. But that's sort of a a, a quick resume of where it comes from and how we got to here. Mm. No, that's great. And I think I can't remember who when you when you spoke about you know the, the, using natural ingredients and things like that and taking nutrition a bit more seriously. I can't remember who who came up with this term. I think it might be a practitioner over in the US, but the whole word around nutritionism and not letting us kind of fall into that, right, you know, um, let's just take a, a food, for example, it, it costs, you know, well, not costs, it has this amount of calories and it is high protein, etc. And it's all kind of very minimalistic, whereas actually, like you said, when you eat something, it goes into your system and, and you know, everyone's different. So it's, it's not necessarily having that kind of uh, very simple approach of, of you know it, it is this amount of calories and 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 it's this high protein or high carbohydrate food and there's no difference between a uh you know whatever multi-dextrin powder or a banana if they're both 100 calories yeah. when actually as you guys know because you've done so many different types of endurance related events and competitions and you know you seem like you're kind of uh experimenting with everything under the sun as well in terms of foods <laughs> and things which is important because um yeah people have a lot of opinions on this kind of stuff but they haven't put their bodies through the mill whereas i think it sounds like you guys have yeah what were these first early kind of concoctions that you were <laughs> that you were kind of putting together or what what did you find that, that benefited your performances um you know back in 20 was it 2012 yeah like 2012 20, 2011 2012 was what well, 2012 we started the company so 2010 2011 2012 was like the transition phase so the, the a first turning point comes in the Marathon de Saab in 2009 when one of my temp mates literally just had a meltdown on day three and threw all of his nutrition in the bin because he was fed up of being sick. Mm. And uh, that was a sort of turning point to, okay, maybe sports nutrition as it stands then is not the way to go. Um, that evolved into literally we swapped out our nutrition for cheese sandwiches, bananas and buttered malt loaf. Mm. right super lo-fi mm. not the best choices looking back on it but the fact that getting rid of gels uh electrolyte tablets mm. bars uh and drink powder mixes and swapping them for water cheese sandwiches malt loaf and bananas made a significant and noticeable difference mm. was the first sort of fork in the road to like right okay there's there's something in this because then you sort of, once you've got a base strategy that works there, you can look at that and go, cheese sandwich and malt loaf, we can probably improve on that. Do you know what I mean? And that's where Actually, you're like... thinking about that, we also thought about, oh, maybe we can create our own malt loaf. Do you remember? Yeah. We were, we're involved in his mom because she's really good on baking. Yeah. So I said, oh, maybe we can do something with some superfood inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like some spirulina malt loaf or and something like that. And we're just already ready to go for that. But then I actually realized that there is no, not necessary because we could come up with some raw mm. um, ingredients. So you don't need actually to bake and lose some of the properties. Mm. Instead, you go straight forward for something that actually is more close to nature as possible mm. and cleanest. Mm. Um, so like in our energy gel, we use uh, chia seeds, uh, Himalayan pink salt. So it gives you back the uh, minerals that you lose while you're sweating mm. um, or um, coconut sugar. So the coconut sugar is a low GI, so you know you don't have this spike of energy and then crash, mm. <laughs> you know. 
Uh, but the, the initial experiment, especially I remember Warren when he did the one uh, long run, one of the endurance run, and he took uh, some of these chia seeds because when, we know chia seeds are good for you. Mm. It's full of omega and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's good, give you stable energy. It's fantastic. It's a joy. Warren, he went with this bag full of, uh, what did you put inside you? Oh, it went so wrong. Camembert? Yeah, Something it was, like I mean, we had a lot of early wrong experiments because, you, you know, you start studying this stuff mm. and you like, you find out how powerful things like spirulina or chlorella or maca powder or turmeric or whatever, you find out how powerful they are. Mm. I just want to eat loads of that and you try incorporating it into diet. Often it's expensive and it's pretty disgusting, mm. right? They've got strong flavors, these things. They don't yeah. blend easily they into stuff. No. And with the chia seeds, we're like, okay, we're totally sold on the benefits. And you know, you've got, like Erica said, the stable energy, the protein, the good fats, the yeah. fact it regulates blood sugar, helps all that stable energy. Just like, this is what we need. So I took a cycling water bottle and I worked out kind of what I thought the maximum amount of chia seeds and water I could get in there for a six-hour run. Like we were talking before about mm. if you do get very involved in that ultramarathon thing, then, mm. yeah, you're kind of writing off your Sundays because it's not a two-hour run. It's a six-hour run. It's a long run. Yeah. And there I was with this bottle. And, yeah, it just didn't work at all because the chia seeds, the ones in the bottom, I didn't have enough water in there. The ones in the bottom basically turned to cement. And the ones that would come out of the top all got stuck in the bike valve of the water bottle. Mm. And I was just sort of stuck in a field somewhere between <laughs> Gatwick and Brighton, just sort of with this gloopy chia seed mix all over my hands. So yeah. wasn't working. But like, though you have to go through a lot of failures like that mm. to go, okay, how do we get this into a product that people can genuinely just take, you know, it's tasty, it's quick, and it works just as quickly or as like, conveniently yeah. as a regular gel but it's about a thousand times better for you. Mm, mm. And you know, that, it, by getting it a, a wrong, a lot like that, and flavors and stuff. You know. But flavors so and also, right. also thinking about it, because as soon as you pulverize things, so you lose the mm. oils. Oils is very important. Particularly with chia seeds. Particularly with chia seeds. Mm. And also you take away the ability of the chia seeds to suck the water and create this natural gel. Yeah. So if you wouldn't pulverize, you know, maybe it looks like, ah, yeah, you can go through better bottles and stuff mm. like that, but you're losing some of the properties. Mm. So it was a little bit challenging, but I think we managed well to find the right balance on everything. Yeah, it was yeah, always a sort of big ethos of starting at what's the best possible ingredient, what's the best format to have it in, right, how do we make that work in a product as opposed to, right, here's how the product works, how do we make the ingredients fit into it? It's always been the other way around. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. I think for people that are listening that do these kind of things all the time, if if you're doing a challenge or something for charity once a year, you know, it's it's a drop in, in, in the ocean. But if you're if you're you know doing a lot of this kind of training and you're needing to fuel for the work required, it, it it's part of your diet in my mind. Because mm. when I speak to people nutritionally and I look at food diaries or things like that and we have conversations and someone asks me, Oh, do you think me eating this is bad? And you know, that's always the wrong question. It's more of, you know, what's the frequency of you consuming yeah. this? Oh, I have this once a month. Then it's a different conversation. Whereas if it's every day or every weekend, you're doing these kind of exploits and like you were saying there you know you, you it's part of your diet so why not have natural foods to to help fuel your your training or your competition if you're someone that does it a lot because it, it's 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 a no-brainer and then it's one of those things where okay on the go you might want to grab something that 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 is um 
a little bit more convenient but then you guys have um refined the product so that say you know i used it at the weekend and it's water in first similar put it in my bag and then you just twist and and you go and then as long as i have the right amount of water in there it doesn't get stuck yeah. and it's and it's and it's a no-brainer and it took me a few minutes to work that out i think the first time i used it at a race in june and i hadn't and i hadn't filled it prior Enough. and that was silly yeah. so I was, I was trying to scoop it in a stream and then i thought it's not and i was like this is stupid and i thought actually it's not it's not the product's fault i should have filled it before i started <laughs> no, the race yeah. so then this time i had a couple filled and it was and it was and it was easy yeah. and uh, yeah and then again you know over i think it was yeah over six hours i was there on saturday and i think it's important that you know i put the right things in my body and i feel mm. okay yesterday i was quite stiff but today I feel fresher yeah. than than I would have done in the past because yeah. you're not you know you're not hammering in all these Should I don't know like you don't know what you're putting in your body but you feel yeah. like you need to meet energy needs or you you need to kind of keep yourself going but the second your stomach goes you know your your race is well you guys know more than me but your race is is kind of over oh, or your done. competition's over definitely. isn't it yeah definitely and um, also as you said that actually is something to take really in mind is the quantity of this product mm. these sport nutrition companies they tend to tell you how much they ask you to take it before mm. during after but an enormous quantity that mm. is not necessary and this is what we always say i mean if you take the right things they give you the right amount of clean energy mm. that you can actually use as a stable mm. energy without peaks but also you don't need all that quantity of product that they are trying to sell it to you. Because there are, I mean, if you look at the sport nutrition, uh, um, how you call it, like uh, the field well, like, labels. You mean like the dosage stuff? The dosage. Like, and any of the major ordinary sports nutrition brands mm. recommend, you know, you need a gel every 15 to 20 minutes. You need this powder before and this powder afterwards. And we did a calculation. You, you couldn't eat that yeah. sitting on the sofa. You wouldn't want to eat that no. sitting on the sofa, let alone while you're, you're running or cycling. And it's true that, exactly as you said earlier, there's a, a calorie is not a calorie. You know, mm. it depends what's in that calorie, what mm. the nutrients in there. And when you have a ton of calories with no nutrients in them, with things that are going to irritate your gut and that mm. are going to mess with your mood and that are going to mess up your energy and all that sort of thing, you're pouring in the worst possible fuel you could mm. but people are conditioned i think through a lot of the advice that's been out there eat before you're hungry all that sort of thing drink before you're thirsty which has sold a lot of product but mm. it's kind of why people throw up mm. and have a bad race day mm. um letting go of the safety valve and like eating when you're hungry mm. do you know what i mean and psychologically i think that's a, a big thing is to you know, don't listen to what an elite athlete says. Don't listen to what we say. Don't listen mm. to what your mate says. Listen to what your body's telling you. If you feel great, even if you're eating something that everyone else says is total garbage, well, you're feeling great. That's all that actually matters. And if you're feeling terrible using something that everyone says or that science says is great for you, mm. it kind of doesn't matter. You feel terrible, that's it. And, you know, learning to listen to your body and feel like I say, eat something when you're hungry, drink something when you're thirsty, and having the confidence to do that, mm. like, that's a skill that we've evolved over millions of years. That's why we're able to sit at this table now, because humans have successfully learned to eat when they're hungry and drink when they're thirsty. Mm. It's not the last 20 Someone years. Someone telling you, oh, now you have to eat, you know, it's yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 100%. And like you said, those conversations are few and far between, because there's you know, some people that work with you know, the best 
whatever endurance trail um you know ironman runners um, male female in the world and those you know some of those small margins matter but for the average person like you said if they're gonna complete something you, you know they want they want to feel good and they don't want their their race or something like that to stop short because their stomach's completely gone yeah, exactly. and you know and people people that haven't maybe had that situation before it's it's it's, it's a big impact on them as well because there's often spectators mm-hmm. you know there's often that fear of if you're kind of doing something and like you said you're you're stuck somewhere you don't know where you are you don't feel good and you're looking over at the bushes and you're like this is the worst thing in the world. Whereas actually, like you said, if you just slowed down or if you listened to your body and you thought, I'm not hungry now, I might do another few miles or yeah. something. It's, um, you know, it's, it's probably the better approach. It's mm. also engaging your brain with your body, with mm. everything, you know, it just, uh, you started to know yourself of what you really need, you know. It takes time because sometimes you probably say, oh no, I'm not hungry, I keep going, I keep going. And maybe you're doing the wrong thing because then you have a heal like you didn't expect and now yeah. you're, I'm really hungry and you you know, you can actually find the difficulties. But more and more you practice uh, and you try to engage with what your body really needs. Mm. And, uh, and also, we have... I mean, also ourselves, because we produce the product so we can be bio in a way, but we have a lot of customers actually, they say, well, you know, at the end of the race, I still have a little bit of chia energy gel or, or your um, protein shake. I just, I just drink it because I like the flavor and the taste. I know it's good for me at mm. the end because it's a good also recovery, mm. um, recovery drink. Uh, and so, you know, there is the pleasure. Mm. Meanwhile, all the rest of the products, you know, no one will say, oh, let's have that amazing energy, energy gel. No, it's not. You know? I oh, know, 100%. And it was interesting because I, I I don't know anyone um, at the company and, and it's not a kind of, um, yeah, it's not being negative. It's just an observation that the race was doing the weekend during its life sponsored by a company called Tribe. Mm. And they handed us uh, Tribe bars at the end mm. of this. And, uh, and I was, because, you know, I'd, I'd never ran that far little bit kind of um you know see your parents afterwards a bit emotional and then as i actually stopped you know you feel quite wobbly yeah and i had stuff in my bag but by then decision fatigue had taken over so i was yeah. kind of like i don't want to reach in and get anything so they handed you and suddenly your bag's quite heavy at that yeah point. And even I was if like, it's empty uh, it's like yeah <laughs> and then um, i tried this bar and you know what it had i assume it whole food ingredients and mostly in it because that's that kind of their strap line but the mm. taste was just i never eat anything like it and i had to just kind of yeah, leave it on the side. And it was something that it went the other way. And it was, and like, you know, I, I kind of get what they're doing, but then, you know, maybe they had tried to, like you said, pack too many of these, um, you know, uh, like food products or superfood ingredients mm. into what into their bar, and then the taste profile went out the window. It's very, it is so a very, very hard line to balance. Yeah, how do you guys find that, or how did you kind of, especially with the, because I know the chia seed product we talked about, but with your um, protein, obviously that's such yeah. a massive thing to to kind of um yeah, yeah but go also after. because there are 33 ingredients so you know it's different the balance of everything yeah but first of all health and uh, you know performance strong performance so we are thinking about what you need and how we get that with without losing the pleasure or what because it's real food so real mm. food that has to taste good mm. you know it's not coming from a lab i reckon it would have taken us there's a good 50 iterations of that before the flavor started to actually mm. come good. Because if you start with, you know, you can get it nutritionally perfect a lot quicker than mm. you can get it to taste perfect nine mm. times out of 10. Um, 
And this is why in the food industry, I think it's the same deal with processed food, but they've got a simple army of, you know, sweeteners and preservatives that you can then chuck in to adjust. Mm. We didn't have that. You had to do it with natural stuff. But then you're also dealing with shelf life and there are certain things that, well, actually, Mm. if there's one product that's going to sort the flavour out, but it's only going to last three months, that might not work. Do you know what I mean? So I I reckon a good 50 iterations before we got the nutrition profile and the flavour profile. Yeah. And something that's and functional. Also, Interesting. Yeah, wow, also, so complex. Man. Cool. Complex. Yeah. <laughs> if we, but also we didn't want uh, absolutely to compromise uh, the product, mm-hmm. compromise the you know the benefit of the product on your performance, on your power, on your stable energy, on your focus in your mind. Because every single thing you change, it's real ingredients. It gives you something to your body, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we didn't want to compromise to that. We, so we were refusing to put flavorings or things like that. There are a lot of companies they do it. You say, oh, these are all good ingredients. And at the end, natural flavorings. What are natural flavorings? Yeah, no, exactly. No one knows. It yeah. doesn't mean that it's natural. Yeah. Good for you because what you don't know the that you realize. There were places oh. we were sourcing ingredients and then ah, go and yeah. get the certificates for the ingredients before, you know, you're just looking at stuff. It's a bit like looking at service history on a car. Yeah. And you like you look down at it and okay, the ingredient is good, but they've added a sweetener or something to it to preserve the ingredients. To so, the raw yeah. material that you're yeah, trying like, to buy. Yeah. Like something like a goji you, berry. No. It's been soaked in maltodextrin. Yeah, yeah. Like, as a preservative, because maltodextrin is also preservative. So yeah. they use a like, it was like, good well, stuff, all hiding that. under bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, yeah, actually yeah. is not really on the label. It is if you get the certificate from the, from the people who are supplying it, which is what we had to do. And you well, never know any yeah. of this stuff. Until you, know. you get, Until like, you get into it. submerge yourself. Until you start doing it. Wow, interesting. So yeah. have you see have you built relationships with suppliers over time or do you yeah. feel like you have to kind of chop and change that or have you you kind of got that nailed down? No, now? we nailed down because the problem is otherwise you don't know what, what you get. Yeah. I mean because they say exactly koji berries. Yeah, mm. but they don't tell you, ah yeah, but we add this on this on this to make it yeah. life Where's it from? Longer. How is it dried? Wow. How is it no. stored? So we basically, uh, yeah, now, now it's a long time, it's a few years that we yeah. are doing yeah. it. So yeah. So we find our suppliers, uh, there is a trust and there is, a, you know, like a, 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 a team, mm-hmm. a collaboration, a team for us, part of the team in a way. Even oh, if nice. it's not part of the company, but it's part of the team or the big machine that we are creating. Yeah, of course. Well, it's that supply chain, isn't it? And like you said, it's important for people to hear the kind of, um, yeah, like how how um, how much you have to go into kind of making these kind of things. And, and especially now with people like wanting to make better choices of what, of what they're putting in. And um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that process and that yeah. and that journey from the company. And I think it's, I don't know, do you, when you guys obviously first got into it, it was... The intention of wanting to stick to your values you'd come through eating and drinking other things and um it hadn't worked but then also you're quite excited about the future because you know more more people are starting to want to go after these kind of things they Absolutely. are questioning it whereas i think a few years ago especially when i was i came out of studying sports science around 2000 you know 9 10 11 yeah. it was kind of still very much like yeah. um yeah one size fits all here's the recommendations yeah. whereas now people are trying to yeah, take yeah people that are asking more and also I love all this sharing on uh, bloggers and things where people they are speaking about real food how yeah. better they perform better mm. and everyone mm. they have their own recipes you know like 
uh, bring you dates and this and that, you know, it's just like, I love that because realistically, um, that is what helps sport. Mm. The performance is better, you feel stronger, and that is the reason also why we exist, mm. to bring real food and to, to love your race, not to eat it because you have to vomit <laughs> on 100%. the side, yeah. you know? And that's important, you know, they, they're important get points to bring up. Yeah. Because you have a spike of energy and then you hit the wall, you know? Definitely. And I think maybe it's important to let some people know, because I, I get new listeners to this all the time, that, um, like you guys said there, ma- managing your, your kind of uh, performance. And sometimes when you are moving at a steadier pace and your heart rate isn't as high, you know, maybe people might want to hear about why, why um, you know, you, you don't necessarily need to fuel with some of the, the kind of sugars at that level. Whereas, like you said, when you get to a hill or something where your heart rate's higher, you know, the body starts to move into that kind of faster fuel. Mm. So how do you guys, if I put, I suppose, the question on, on, on to you two, when you guys are training or competing now, mm-hmm. how, how do you then tailor your own you know, nutrition or what have you got any kind of, um, yeah, information you can give to people in, in that sense? Oh, de- definitely. I mean, I think the, 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 the starting point for anyone in, in an aerobic exercise, I mean, it's good for your health, your daily energy anyway, but we'll, we'll put a focus on it for runners, triathletes, yeah. cyclists, that sort of thing, is to teach your body to fuel from fat first. Mm. Um, so, as you said, you know, basically we've got two, two forms of fuel, fat and carbohydrate. Um, our carbohydrate tank will fuel us for a couple of hours, whereas our, our stored fat, even in a super lean body, like some mega skinny Tour de France cyclist, going to fuel us for literally days. Mm. Um, but we have lost the ability to really access that fat easily. But you can just make some simple dietary lifestyle changes to be able to use it more because where it tends to break at the moment is around a conversational pace. So let's say 70% of maximum effort. So cycling, running, whatever, but you can still talk to your mate who's, who's with you. Um, you're predominantly burning fat Mm. and above that pace, i.e. you can't really talk and you're gasping a bit for breath more. Uh, you're predominantly burning carbohydrate. Now, if you then decrease uh, high GI carbohydrates in your diet. So really we're taking out processed sugars, we're taking out baked goods, um, taking out white pasta, that sort of thing, bread, um, soft drinks are all out, fruit juice as well. Reduce uh, those fast acting carbohydrates in your diet and increase good fats. We're talking nuts, we're talking olive oil, oily fish, avocado, all of that stuff. That starts to send your body a message that fat is its fuel. Because if you're constantly pouring the carbohydrates in, the body will just go for the easiest form of fuel. Mm. So conversely, if we have a high processed, high carbohydrate diet, which is very easy to have for anyone these days, you're busy, you get a few ready meals, even if you're eating in decent places, mm. you know, you got a lot of those high, high uh, fast acting carbs going in, your body is less able to access that fat. So make that simple dietary change, uh, increase good fats, decrease fast acting carbs, and then also look at starting some of your training sessions slow. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes right if you're going to do an intense session say you're doing i don't know intervals or hill reps or, or sprints or whatever do 15 minutes of conversational first warm the body up to it and it gives the body a chance it'll take it a bit longer to start accessing that fat give the body a chance to start using that fat because if you suddenly bang into a hard workout the body's going to go give me the carbs 
Mm. You're not going to be able to access the fat. Um, so if you can build that, that's giving you a strong base. You're now, you're two hours of carbohydrates. You're only using them in tiny little bursts. You know, like Eric said, when you go up a hill or a sprint finish mm. or on a hard bit, which means that you no longer need to top up that carb tank every two hours because frankly, it's full most of the time. You've got, a, you know, your fat is doing all the work. So we'd always train to optimize that. Um, and then we would use real food. So mm. we'd use a mix of our own products with some bananas, some nuts, uh, a few other things like that. Traditionally, pretty much never drink anything else apart from water. Mm. Um, powdered calories don't tend to work well. And then fuel based on how you feel. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? And go with that, evolve that strategy. And if you do that, you put yourself in such a strong place well, it doesn't matter what the day is. It doesn't matter what the race is, what the conditions are. We're all different from day to day. You're able to execute and react. And actually, your nutrition mm. comes naturally. It doesn't catch you out because, well, my plan is to eat 10 gels every five hours. And mm. I feel sick at three hours. And what do I do now? Mm. You know, it's, um, I mean, that, that was probably the basis of what we do. Yeah, no, I think that's really, really important. I think a lot of people do get stuck in that no man's land. Like, I'm a big fan of, you know, when you're going and you're moving quickly, you know, get up there and move quickly. But then, you know, there's nothing wrong with the low and slow. And like you said, you can then start partitioning, um, you know, the type of food that you're eating. And, yeah, and then you can, yeah, fuel for the work required. I definitely teach people that three T's of total type and timing. And then usually it's the total and the type conversations I have with, with, with people. Yeah. But then it's also that around, um, you know, what are you actually doing? And there's nothing wrong with starting a little bit slower. Whereas I think most people that get into this kind of thing, they think are oh, running or cycling or swimming. It's not a session unless I'm absolutely shattered. Yeah. But the best people, you know, the people that were passing me at like four or five hours in, they were just on this like, ultra shuffle you know yeah. and you think these people and their feet they're running they're, they're, they don't look like they're, they're even moving and they just kind of go past you and there's no heavy breathing and it's all that and they're kind of you know at that pace they're clearly managing their bodies and it's just something that you know you're not going to keep up being able to sprint and your heart rate being high for that long because you yeah. know you're going to go down so it's uh yeah it's just it's just taking ownership and then managing the intensity of training and then you know just putting putting the food and the fuel in so yeah yeah, that's absolutely perfect. Um, obviously, before the we recorded, I asked you guys about what's next because you've done so many competitions. Mm. Um, so in terms of, yeah, how do you guys manage your training around your business? Because obviously everything's very mobile. You haven't got a, a set kind of facility or things like that. I think maybe that's a nice way to round off the conversation mm. because, um, yeah, I, I think most people sitting in an office or commuting and listening to this podcast would maybe aspire to doing what you guys do you travel your business is predominantly online you know do you pop up anywhere and sell anything do you guys go to any kind of shows what what does it what does it all look like i mean traditionally the um because we were we were able to build the business from scratch and we knew we wanted to be able to to travel we've never either of us worked in an office in our lives basically um, and so we knew we didn't want an office environment, so building an office was not going to be part of it. So from day one, the company has always been built to operate with us anywhere. Um, and as such, we spend give or take half of the year not in the UK and half the year here. And we'll, um, we do a lot of that through house swap. So we'll just exchange our house with people somewhere else and you know, you go and move the office 
somewhere else. Now, the, the other side of that is it's an interesting one because with um, you know partners or, or investors or staff or whatever, but sometimes it, it, it takes a little bit of understanding for people to get that just because we're not in the country doesn't mean we're not working. So people are like, oh, how's so, your holiday? You're on, on holiday all the time. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. Not that like that? We haven't had a holiday in five years, but we haven't been in the same country for more than like three months in that period. You yeah. know what I mean? But Monday to Friday is always work time. Weekends we try and keep for the recovery and, and we, we, we keep our training going. But as we mentioned earlier, yeah, at the last couple of years, no races because all of our endurance focus has had to go into building the business. Yeah. And, you know, that's got a long way to go. There's much more we want to do with it. But we've just got, uh, we've gone through a real growth phase recently, got some more staff on board, got some other things on board. Cool. And we're at a point where we've got a little bit of time left. So we figured we'd chuck in the Ironman Triathlon. We both signed up for uh, Whistler in end of July this year, which will get us going again. But yeah, the building the business to run from anywhere is much harder than a lot of people would suggest. Mm. Yeah. But I think if anyone told you how hard it was, you'd never do it. The fact is, it's totally possible. Mm. Uh, you will come up against all sorts of barriers, and especially when you start exporting internationally, that gets really sticky. Yeah, mm. because we export also in 26 countries. So, oh, right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We got a dedicated operation in the US. That's, that was why we had to set one up there, is because it was too hard doing it from here it just there's too much red tape to get through whereas if you oh, have an okay. entity over there interesting i mean talk about i mean we haven't just got a, a business from building this we've got a pair of mbas each along the way just from <laughs> training you know, a real world mba from actually building the thing and, yeah. and that that happens that still goes every yeah, day we're always doing something we don't because know because the building something from scratch or from nothing you know because also our product is from nothing it's yeah. not that you say, oh, yeah, I copy that. <laughs> you no, know? no, no. It's not like that. So any question we had, a lot of times they were, we were going to the expert and ask, what do you think? How we do this? Basically, there were no answer. We had to come mm. up with an answer because everything is on a bigger scale. Yeah. So when you are starting, the scale is more. So you can't expect like packaging. How do you want your packaging? You know, I need a this and this and this. It has to be especially our product because yeah. it comes in dry format. Um, you need to find uh, where they do it, how they do it. So we were just going and we said, especially so packaging. Yeah, no, you can't do it because you need to open and close and it's dry. The, yeah, they, the, they either told us we oh couldn't do God. it or this was like, you know, head of the... UK Packaging Association we had a meeting with and you know, this was as exciting as it sounds. No, I mean, no, I see. It's all, it's all a process though, isn't it? It's, it's, like, it. it's like because, for but example, the, the energy gel, yeah. normally they are, they are uh, pre-sealed. liquid, sealed. pre-sealed, Ready-made. liquid. So you go in the factory yeah. where they, they produce that. They said, no, I needed to do completely different. Mine is dry. Mine has to be have a, a cup with a cloth. Oh, okay. No, you can't do that. We don't do that. They you say need you can't to do it, a, or you need to build your own factory. Yeah. Just <laughs> like we can't quite so build a factory. Yeah, you here. couldn't outsource it. And oh, I see, I see. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, and then similarly, going to America, uh, the UK government, if anyone is listening, uh, <laughs> UK government's passport to export, as it was at the time, UK trade and industry. Their job is apparently to support UK businesses exporting into foreign markets. Mm. If you are, you know, the Acme Widget Co and you want to send 5 million widgets in America and you want to sell them through retail channels and trade shows, they can help you out. Mm. But like, we're like, well, we want to do, uh, we're selling online and we want to, uh, how, how do we deal with sales tax? They're like, well, we don't really deal with that. 
It's on every sale you make to a consumer in any state in America. Okay, you don't deal with that again. Well, we also need to work out import duty and how, you know, FDA regulation. Yeah, we don't really deal with that. So what do you deal with? Yeah, because, passing it off to someone else. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Basically, if you want to come to us with a million boxes of widgets, we'll take you to a trade show yeah. and we'll pay for your flights. Yeah. So if anyone out there is looking to do a business in that vein, in the traditional channels, UKTI, they can probably help you out. Yeah. If you're looking to build your own thing, it's not, a, it's not the place where it's so <laughs> that, that wow. happens again and again and again yeah. so the skill and the skill even the muscle is a skill the, yeah. the skill of learning okay i don't know this i need to learn it and building the muscle of learning i mean i i really don't think there is a day that we've been doing this where we have not spent a significant portion of each day doing something we've never done before yeah. But still now. Yeah, I don't think that ever stops. Well, we read, um, if anyone's into this sort of thing, uh, Phil, his Phil Knight, isn't it? The Nike co-founder, Nike founder. Uh, shoe... shoe Dog. Shoe Dog. He wrote a book called Shoe Dog. Mm-hmm. It's simply, it's, it's a brilliant read on its own, but it's the best business book I think either of us have ever read. Because yeah. really? it makes the point that n- at no point in the journey is it finished and at no point in the journey is it easy and at no point in the journey is it ever not likely to go spectacularly wrong on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he, he, you know, he's that. got nothing, no, he's got nothing to prove. He's got nothing to hide and he just lays it out there and it's yeah. You're like, okay, so that's what it takes. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. No, and it's good. that, And that's why I wanted to get you on as well, because I knew you'd be so honest about how, how you had to build the company and things like that. And I knew that you experimented a lot with, you know the the types of ingredients and and how to kind of translate your your vision of, of natural products into bringing it to people but then it's the good thing about this kind of format and the longer form interview is that you can have those conversations around right actually when we wanted to go to the us or 26 yeah. countries so where so where, where you know where, where are the places that you guys didn't expect you know the appetite for for what you do is is yeah international yeah, yeah. so where where has it gone where are some of the kind of like it places that you you know you wouldn't really expect it to to go and, and what's been popular well i suppose the they're all a bit of a surprise yeah you know because in a way you're like well <laughs> it's hard for us to forget sometimes that you know it's been a while now but this is something that we started in our kitchen mm. <laughs> you know so the idea that anyone is posting something on instagram from an ultra race in norway yeah, yeah, of yeah. them like with our product you're like, kind oh, of like yeah. that's, the that that's the best you see where they're taking our babies you know it's just like Oh, look at what it is, what they did, you know, all That's this, so cool. uh, the yeah. jungle, endurance, uh, I mean, it's so fantastic and especially the rewarding and when you receive the, you know, the, the feedback from your customers, yeah. where they mm. say, oh, I feel good, I feel energetic, it helps me out to, uh, to you know, to achieve my goal in less time than what you expect, and that's why we celebrate, because for mm. us, it's, it's like, oh, wow, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hard work and definitely, and then that that kind of, yeah, kind of pushes you on to continue to yeah. to grow, and then um, yeah. you know what I suppose is one of those things where you must be working on things all the time. But what what's what's coming up, or is there anything you can kind of mention that that you've been working on, or is there you know what's the future for 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 the company, or for you know obviously you guys wanting to finish the Ironman and make sure the business <laughs> is still going. That's that's from now till next July. But then I don't know where 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 do you see yourselves taking it and and yeah what's what's happening i think there's some there's definitely some new products on the way i mean a a part of it for us new products have been there a long time Mm. but it's a bit like uh a comedian uh you know a comedian doesn't write a new set for every audience a comedian visits Mm. new audiences right Mm. um and for a long time we've had other products but 
the biggest strength was in, you know, most people still hadn't seen the ones we had. Mm. So it was getting them to more people. Now we're at a point in the growth where we can start to roll those out. So I, I think the, there'll be a, a broadening of the product range, two or three new things over the next uh, probably six months mm. yeah. that will kind of allow people to get everything they need a spectrum, for a race so you can from actually, us if they'd like yeah. to, yeah. as opposed to one or two products. Yeah. We get the full, full set in there. Um, but really beyond that, it's uh, like Erica said, the best thing is getting the feedback from people and it's taking that to as many possible people as we can, delivering mm. that difference to not hundreds of people, not thousands of people, but millions of people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, and that's taken a lot for us to wrap our heads around as well. Because, you know, it, like, like anything, you, you remember, you see how far you've come. Mm. But to think of that, that's off the scale. That was only about 18 months ago when we really started to go, you know, we can take this, not just big, but enormous. We can, you know, this delivers so much to people. Let's get it to everyone we possibly can. And mm. that's been a whole other business education and, you know, mm. Raising funding and you know bringing investors and mentors and team on board and growing that side of it. Mm. I mean, you know that that it just keeps going. So yeah, this is this is the beginning. It's a yeah. long, long, long way from the end, but really, it's just much more of making people have a better time on race day, enjoy their training more, feel better, and not just be performing better. Mm. Good. Uh, but be yeah. healthier. They're the same yeah, thing. Because realistically, we're just not just speaking. One of the the thing uh, we were speaking one one of the athletes he said in six months he put something like six cavities using gel you know the the one the how you can call There's it all, all, lab gel, gel and, and ordinary or sports gel. drinks he was a guy who got into Ironman yeah. six cavities yeah I mean it's like in six months basically once a month because yeah. all this sugar remains like create a coat in your mouth yeah and when you're pushing you know your body became more acidic and mm. blah 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 so you know it just really you just realize I just we are proud to make something that make also the not only the performance stronger but also yeah. the person keeping mm. healthy yeah, performing better and being the, healthier. They are they they are absolutely linked. You know, you can't be fast and unhealthy. You try to go and run with a cold, you no. it, it'll it'll show up pretty quick. And yeah. probably one of the other another big part of the next phase is really making a difference at the elite level because mm. the yeah. elites who've used our products, bought our products, or or come to join us to date are all finishing their careers, and there's a reason for that which is that actually in elite aerobic sport, mm. ultra running is slightly different. It's a little more maverick. There's a lot less money in it. But if we go to pro cycling, for example, mm. uh, pro marathon running, they're the la- that's the last place that's going to change because these people have got a short window of opportunity. Like if you've even made it to the point of being in the position of going for a gold medal, a yeah, world record, crazy. a grand tour, like you're already a million to one. Mm. And your career is going to be very short because your body is not going to perform at that level for that long. Mm. Therefore, whether it is changing the saddle on your bike or, or changing the angle or the way you sit or changing your nutrition, you can see, okay, I get there might be a huge upside, but what's the downside? Mm. I've blown, you know, I have to rejig my body and I blow a season. Mm. So therefore, the fear of that loss is much greater than the benefit of the potential gain. Mm. therefore that's why at the elite level it's still incredibly conservative mm. and they're all still using the same garbage 
that they've been using literally they're, they're 30 yeah. year old formulas yeah so engendering real right? change in there yeah and not just getting the people to change but getting them to see the results because it's that is the biggest marginal gain left in aerobic sport right now yeah. that's the biggest piece of low-hanging fruit that these cars get yeah, and ironically inside the elite arena mm. is where they're least likely to do it so that that's a big thing we're working on now with a few teams to see if we can I think that's really good. And I think it's slowly happening. Some of the kind of portables movement and the, um, mm. you know, the the homemade rice cakes and things Speed like that. Speed zone portable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Such yeah. a I good read that, book. that guy's book. I got that. We use those. We use yeah. their rice cake recipe yes, for great. Yeah. Yeah. I refer that to so many people because oh, it's it's, um, it's a practical approach around right. If you are actually yeah. going to cook and eat, is they've got an interesting kind of like way of doing things, and it's that like you said that lifestyle side. You know, they're in. They're a kind of like bridge to how do you incorporate it plus you know how do you actually eat real food and all that kind yeah. of thing but i had the same though i do some um work in in elite rugby and it is very much like if if it's not informed sport registered yeah. people aren't touching it but things that are informed sport registered you know they have the money to go and get these things batch tested yeah. they're gigantic companies but then again you know you get into all these nitty-gritty conversations around a player's diet but then twice a day they're putting in you know whey protein shakes that have x y and z added to yeah. them and that and that's going in six days a week and i'm just thinking well i can't recommend anything else because at the moment if it's not you know un, under that sphere yeah. you know the club won't take it on the players yeah. at a risk but then actually you know it's not it's yeah it's just all that that's that is the next kind of we thing we did to actually overturn. for the in sport no we went we went and we brought also our product all right okay. we said well you know what I just want to be a hundred percent. This is the at the very beginning. You're not just yeah. wonder hundred percent. We had some elite they teams running some really? trials. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And we ran and it all so, through. I mean, it's and it's, I said, yeah, this is food. all. And they said, <laughs> yeah, like, well, this fine. is food, guys. Yeah. But, yeah, we do it. So we pay the you know the normal fee to to check everything. They did all the tests yeah, and everything. And I said, yeah, thumbs up. So. You know, we did also the same because we thought about it's a, it's a good thing that then. Then if you want the label, you need to send it to them every single batch. Mm. But it's going to be too expensive for us because 100%. otherwise we are not able mm. to put a good ingredients. No. <laughs> it's too, too expensive. Yeah. But we said we did the one, one batch. They know it, the product is always the same. It's not daily change. So we know actually that. Uh, mm. Yeah. It's interesting it what you say about rugby. It's it, it still same. disconnected, mate. It's still disconnected, and it's uh, and and you know I do some work over in France now, and they're even further behind, as in they're only really? just starting to see that um, supplementation. You know, because obviously we we you know you guys are separated. To, yours is a I see it as a food product rather than a supplement because mm-hmm. it's full of real food. So if yeah. it's in someone's daily diet or it's in their weekend exploits and things like that it's in my mind in that category whereas obviously the supplements category would be more things like you know specifically looking at vitamin d or magnesium or fish oil or whatever um but then yeah over in france where i do a bit of work it's more because there's so much money in rugby now they look to spend it on all of the players so they'd rather bring in a player who's fantastic pay him thousands of euros than commit to a uh, a gym on site or a physio or a wow. nutritionist so um yeah it's interesting I'm, I'm over in it's tier three this this team that are top of tier three at the moment so if they go into tier two which is the championship you know they're kind mm. of touching on the top league and um you know they have one physio for 40 for, for 40 full-time players they don't have a gym on site but you know mm. they pay they pay some of these some of these boys tens of thousands of euros yeah. and you think i've only just got over there from a link from an old coach and we're having conversations 
patients and people are interested but then it's still that that nutrition side of things in france isn't isn't even a thing whereas obviously over here it's everything in rugby but then from a supplement point of view when these players are pushing their bodies to the yeah. limit mm. yeah. you know you can't it, unless it's one of the big brands you know they're not gonna they're not gonna touch it and it's uh it's yeah. interesting, and they're such massive parts of those uh, of those you know players and like you said, athletes and cyclists' diets because yeah. there are it's in their diet now every day these these products because of their training. But the good thing that you know the new generation of nutritionists they have more knowledge of that. When in yeah. case they explore this, they start because at the end of the day, you know, um, yeah, well, they can been, create a We've had a conversation difference. like this with anyone who was a, like a sports nutritionist. A decade ago. Oh God, no way! Yeah, that's why I think no. the people that are coming up now. It's important that you know a young practitioner like myself. You need to have that open mind because you mm. know unless you are fully in, you know I know a few people that are full time with with a couple of football teams and and a few other things. But most of the time, people like us have to move to different environments, and you're, you're predominantly working with either amateur enthusiasts mm. or you know the odd professional. Yeah. But you're not in and out with them every day. You're working with everyday people, so you mm. have to you know get that mentality of food first food product second and then supplements in my mind are the kind of you know they're they're in there but they're in there for a reason someone might have come to me with mm. a blood test a stool test and then you're making an informed decision mm-hmm. so rather than being like here's a load of pills first and you don't under you know you don't figure out everything else sometimes it's powerful you know the odds mineral vitamin is it really can change someone but then as you know what you're putting in day in day out and, and your gut is is the kind of master regulator so um, yeah okay so what how can people find out about you guys what what you know how can we, how can they contact you i know that we've got uh, you guys have got a podcast as well let everyone know i'll put all the information in the show notes yeah i mean you you'll, you'll find us at 33shake.com yeah uh you will find us on instagram facebook twitter pinterest uh, and just tumblr and just about every <laughs> podcast platform going uh you also find us on youtube basically all of them under 33 shake um yeah and uh yeah we're just uh, i mean a big part of what we do much like what you're doing with this podcast is about sharing mm-hmm. information having the conversation putting things out there that can help people and that's really where we went biggest on all the social media and the videos and the podcasts and stuff and yeah those are all things that we hope can help people same way your podcast does and just mm. keep you know keep and grow mm. that conversation mm. and you know when people need products well check us out and if, if you feel the results that's what we're there for and if you don't we've got 100 percent money back guarantee because we've got to believe in everything we do yeah 100 percent. perfect all right guys well, um, yeah, it's a tough commute for you to get home. But, um, <laughs> it's going to be rough. I think the traffic's looking pretty awful. Yeah, um, but no, thanks very much for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, I'll link to everything that we talked about today and especially the book, what was it? Um, Phil Knight, Shoe yeah, Dog. Shoe Dog. That's just um, a cracking that is, that is, Anyone's got any sort of interest in that. That is a nugget. Um, so cool. Okay, awesome.